0: Well hello there! Hey hey! Welcome to Let's Try Adulting. On this podcast we learn, laugh, heal, and don't give a fuck by being unapologetically an adult. On this podcast there are no stupid questions or judgment. We talk about a variety of adulting. We talk about life, money, sex, spirituality, food, healing ourselves, growth and of course all the monsters that live under our adulting beds because honestly are we even doing adulting right this sounds like the podcast for you i encourage you to join me your host jacara davis right here every week on wednesdays at noon and as always mindset is everything let's try fucking adulting Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Try Adulting. So, we have a special treat this week, purely unintentional, but we had such a great conversation that it is now a series. So this week on Let's Try Adulting, we are diving in to a new series, and I've wanted to talk about this topic for a little while because we are all adults here. We're all big girls and big boys, and we can have a normal adult conversation. And that's why this week we are talking about BDSM. And don't worry, guys, but who we're talking to today is a professional dominant. So a little bit about Dax. Sir Dax is a professional BDSM male dominant based in Lincolnshire, UK and is an expert at introducing newcomers to the exciting world of BDSM. He is patient and approachable and his willingness to explain everything from the very basics upwards means that he can make the often intimidating world of BDSM accessible to anyone regardless of knowledge or experience. In particular, he specializes in helping those who may have had a bad previous kink experience rediscover the fun of BDSM in a safe, non judgmental environment. Of course, he's more than capable of being the stereotypical mean Dom, if that's more your thing. The options are really endless. Dax offers a range of in person sessions, including one specifically tailored to beginners, as well as a selection of online DS services and an adult toy store. Ooh. Deviants by Dax. Go get your toys, guys. Like I said, we're all big girls and big boys here. So get comfy, sit back and relax, and enjoy this series. Over the next few days, Tuesday through Saturday, you will have a new episode from this series about BDSM and good news, he's coming back. So take notes, make sure you go follow Sir Dax, and I hope you enjoy this series over the next few days.
1: Um... Kind of continue on from that theme. Uh, Another sort of popular misconception is that submissives um, are weak. And, again, that's nonsense. Um, You know, submissives are quite often some of the strongest people I know. Um, know, When you look at, uh, particularly in the media, let's look at um, certain high-profile people who have been in... Mm -hmm unfortunately termed um sex scandals um so th- these may be people who uh, i'm not talking about your jeffrey epstein's i'm talking about your uh th- th- there was a uh, american um i can't remember if he was a senator or a congressman but it was either american or canadian but he was basically uh in the media recently because photos of him being spanked i believe um by a dominatrix were leaked to the media and it was kind of like made out that uh, this was some kind of shame thing and to his um absolute credit he basically said yeah well, that's me i like getting spanked what are you gonna do about it that's my <laughs> private life come and have a go if you think you're hard enough um and you know fair play to him he stood up and said yes well, that's me i'm kinky as fuck um we're all consenting adults it's nothing illegal so um you know and let's say uh in in sport in the sporting world there have been a few instances of very high profile high power people Mm -hmm. uh you know having their um fetishes um revealed to the media without their permission Mm -hmm. and again they are they're always on the on the receiving end of the the whipping or the caning or whatever that you know they're submissives because again their day-to-day life they're in charge of millions if not billions of pounds and dollars and everything and they like to give up that power so submissives absolutely are not weak being submissive does not mean you're a doormat and you know a very good way of uh kind of vetting somebody is to sort of see what their opinion is of submissives if they think that submissives are can be walked over whatever they are new. they don't know what they're talking about leaving a pause in there because um you did have one of the questions was kind of like how can you so what questions can you ask and so on so okay um might want to come back to that um so another myth i have briefly touched on is that um bdsm has to involve sex no it doesn't Mm -hmm. um you can, you know, a a very popular uh, aspect of BDSM is spanking, and having an <laughs> over the knee session, uh, you know, being spanked on your jeans, perfectly okay. Nothing sexual there, um, and you know, BDSM does not have to involve any sex at all. It can be purely mental. It can be uh, physical. It, you know, it can be anything, but yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to involve sex. Uh, it also doesn't have to involve leather. Or latex, or gimp masks, or fetish wear of any kind. Um, You know, you you can abs. There's no BDSM uniform. Um, Absolutely, (laughs) you know. My my. I get asked a lot, "What is my favorite? What is my favorite outfit for doing a scene?" And disappointingly, to some people, it's not wearing a suit. Um, My favorite (laughs) outfit for a scene is black t-shirt, black jeans. Yes, the stereotypical black, but I want to be comfortable because you know I'm doing a lot of work as a dog Mm. um so and also you know like I said as as we've established I like a good bit of fisting rolling up my shirt sleeves all the time to get out of the way of all the lube and everything is blooming annoying so t-shirt far more practical much rather wear a t-shirt and a nice comfy pair of jeans or chinos
0: Mm. um
1: I will wear a suit if a client requests it because you know that is a popular fantasy Um, so I will wear a suit if somebody asks me to but it's not my personal preference Um, if if I'm feeling like being particularly fancy I might put a waistcoat over my (laughs) t-shirt you know that's about it (laughs) Um, so yeah so it doesn't have to you don't have to dress like the member of the village people you really don't you can wear whatever the heck you want if you want to dress up in the full outfit go nuts if that's what you want to do absolutely you do you and don't let anybody talk you out of it it's just not me um uh, also doesn't have to involve pain either um doesn't have to involve sex doesn't have to involve pain um you'll often get a lot of you know twitter doms or um as as i've taken to call them two doms um, a, a lot Go of um, like to sort of say, right, uh, hello, I've just seen your DMs. I've decided you're my sub now, so I will punish you. Um, and no, I'm sorry, you know, um, you don't have to even you don't have to even be punished, to be honest. Um, everything is entirely negotiable, entirely up to you. You do what you want to do. If you don't want to be hurt, then that is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. You are no less of a sub or for not wanting to experience pain. And you are no less of a Dom for not wanting to um, deliver pain. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, there are people into pain, sadists and masochists, and that is absolutely fine for them. Uh, and there are people who are not into it and that is absolutely fine for them. It also doesn't mean you're a daddy or a mummy or a little, if you don't like pain, it's yeah, you, just you. Um, but yeah oh yes i what one of my favorite or sorry two of my favorite um myths mm-hmm. my, fa- my favorite my favorite bugbears are um you'll often see on the social medias uh these porn gifs and, and video clips and stuff but you'll also see these uh images where you know it's a picture usually black and white usually of a cute thin blonde girl with the big boobies um, Mm -hmm. kneeling wearing a collar usually looking sad as well they always look sad in these images Um, and superimposed over the um, the model because let's face it that's a professional model in a professional pose Um, it's a fantasy Uh, there will (laughs) usually be something along the lines of um, the submissive has all the power uh along with um submission is a gift uh make mm-hmm. him earn your submission yeah you know, the whole thing about submission is a gift, and the submissive has all the power um Now, I can kind of see why these proliferate so much because they do make bSM a little bit more approachable mm-hmm. they do make it a little less intimidating. And they do kind of help to to counter the whole uh, thing of, you know, wannabe Dom, the space is saying, you will do whatever I say, Um, which is not the case. It is not the Dom's way. And the submissive has no say in it. But also the submissive does not have all the power. And again, hashtag unpopular opinion um because a lot of people that only know about bdsm or specifically ds dominance of submission from what they've seen on social media and what they've seen in fiction and so on uh you know the whole thing about this the submissive having all the power is a, a fairly common theme because it does get shared a lot um particularly around newcomers and, and the younger people but it's bollocks to use a technical term. Um, <laughs> And 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 you can if you if you stop for just a moment to think, um, you know, BDSM or DS specifically, uh, it's a it's power play, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a um uh also called a power exchange. Mm-hmm. So how can it be a power exchange if the sub has all the power? It's you know, it doesn't work like that. Um Yes, the submissive absolutely does have the right to use their safe words. Um, the submissive absolutely does have the right to call a stop to a scene at any point, and they absolutely have the right to expect that their safe word is respected. Um, however, all that goes the same for the DOM as well. Mm-hmm. The DOM has the ability to use safe words if they want to. Uh, Also, uh, we probably will talk about safe words, but if you don't want to play with safe words, that's absolutely a valid choice as well. Um, But, uh, yeah, you know, if you you do want to use safe words, um, then, yes, the DOM can use safe words. The DOM can call a, a stop to a scene at any point. The DOM can also say they don't want to do something um you know it's not that the sub has all the power the sub has half the power the dom has half the power either person has the power to call a stop to a scene at any point mm-hmm. um yeah saying that the sub has all the power sets a very dangerous precedent and basically suggests that the dom has you know effectively no power which is not the case so just you know just thinking about it for a moment. it it becomes obvious that in a power exchange, power is being exchanged. No one person holds all the power. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is a great way to kind of uh, get a feel for what somebody's knowledge and experience about BDSM is because a lot of people who don't actually practice BDSM or aren't educated or informed about it, they've seen this thing on Twitter. They go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. you know, they memorize the whole, well, BDS, oh yes, I'm a dom. And yeah, the sub has all the power, you know, like it's some secret <laughs> passphrase, some, you know, the, the magic answer. No, if somebody, if somebody, you know, is basically sort of putting themselves out there as responsible and so on, and they say the sub has all the power, do they really understand what power exchange is? I would suggest not. Um. Likewise, the whole thing about submission is a gift. Now, this is definitely unpopular opinion. It always sparks debate. Um, submission is a gift. I personally say that's nonsense for a very similar reason to why the sub does not have all the power. Because the sort of the usual definition of a gift is something given without expectation of receiving anything in return. Um, you know, if you're going to be pedantic about it. Words are important. Then um you know no the the whole point of being a submissive and submitting to somebody is that you are giving them the power to dominate you you are submitting to them and expecting to receive domination in return now that's my personal take on it um i don't think it's as clear-cut as how can it be a power exchange if one person has all the power um Oh, good Lord. Englander through to the final. Uh, that's going to date this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyway. The uh, finals, are Euros, finals of what? Euro 2020. Let's not bring up the fact that it's not 2020. Uh, football. Uh, real okay, football. Okay, okay. Real, real proper football, not that nonsense you guys have. No, proper no. football <laughs> where, they have, where they use their feet. Okay? I nonsense. know what you're doing. Not that sort of thing you have where people pick up the ball and run around fully armoured. Yeah, no, football. (laughs) But you get
0: to
1: hit people. No, 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 it's football. It's not like, you know, all out wrestling. If you want to do that, play rugby.
0: Uh, Um, I, I want, side note, I want to play rugby, but I feel like I... In all honest opinion, I feel like I would break something, but in the same time, I would have fun. Like
1: yes, <laughs> <hitting> <laughs> we can play people. touch. There's touch rugby. There's
0: no, touch rugby. no, it's got to be full on, like okay, <laughs> contact hitting.
1: Um. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so the whole thing of basically uh, submission is a gift. Um. I my personal take on it, and like I said, I don't think it's as clear cut as how can it be a power exchange if one person has all the power. Um, I think that you give your submission to somebody and expect domination in return um, in whatever form that may take. Uh, So, again, I sort of I see these kind of images that get shared around all the time. And I just think (sighs) just think about it for five seconds. It doesn't make sense. Yes, it looks good, but it's perpetuating a myth and, you know, it's kind of setting the wrong expectations for people um so anyway so yes those those are my sort of my 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 top myths to 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 bust
0: um i I like your myths um (laughs) we we touched on it earlier but we didn't talk about it um safe words and safe gestures gestures yes
1: okay so um again this is this is a question i get asked a lot Feel free to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> is, I was just popping up my uh, my my can of Pepsi Max. Uh, one second.
0: Like I know we're all humans and adults and stuff, so <laughs> I tell people if you have to go drink, eat, go do something with your kids, step away, feed oh, your pet. Oh, uh, you're
1: totally oh, fine. fine. Um, so, uh, what was the question again? Oh, safe words. Safe words. so yeah. So uh, yeah. Again, this is a question that comes up an awful lot, uh, and uh, it, in fact, it came up um, yesterday, I think, yesterday or possibly even today. Um, and it, somebody asked me basically, "What is? What are my thoughts on safe words?" Um, <clears throat> first thing before sort of getting into actual safe word type stuff, I will preface it with: safe words are not mandatory. Um, if you want to play without safe words. That is absolutely your choice. That is a valid choice. It is your choice. You do what is right for you. Some people like the excitement of not having safe words. Um, If the the, the issue is when somebody wants to use safe words and the other person doesn't want to let them. That's where there can be. That's a massive red flag. Uh-huh. But if both people consent and they negotiate and they are both happy to play without the use of safe words in a the scene, then that is the right choice for them. And that is absolutely a valid choice. They can absolutely do that because that's what they want to do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Both of them or however many people are in the scene. And some people, you know, they like that kind of um. Edge play, they like that kind of, uh, um, you know, what some people would call hard kinks. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they kind of, uh, you know, for them, not having safe words makes it, you know, even more real and gives them that extra feeling of excitement and and satisfaction and so on. For them, absolutely fine. The issue is where one person wants to be able to use safe words during a scene, and the other person's like, no. I don't play with safe words, so no safe words for you. Red flag, find someone else to play with. Mm -hmm. Um, But if both people are fine with it, then, yeah, not a problem. You do you. Um, That is absolutely fine. Um, So safe words. Um, Basically, again, (laughs) one of the kind of, you know, there there are various jokes about it. Safe, Safe words are one of the parts of BDSM that have kind of leaked into mainstream um the mainstream consciousness um pretty much everybody knows what a safe word is it you know it's a way of stopping something um and you know there are the jokes about uh you know your safe word must contain at least eight characters one uppercase letter one lo- one numerical and one special character um you know or you know uh i forget where it's from i don't I, some sitcom or something you know the, the the that character's safe word was pineapple or mm. something incredibly long and complicated. Um but at the end of the day, ideally a safe word should be simple and easy to remember. Um the kind of obviously you know some people have the thinking of a safe word should be something that you're not going to accidentally say uh during a scene. But you know the majority of BDSM scenes Aren't going to be the sort of case where you might accidentally say pineapple, or you know, your you, you yeah. BDSM scene isn't going to be sitting down having a chat. Um, you know, it it's it's going to be a little less, you know, it's going to be a little bit more sort of uh physical and potentially and guttural and so on. So, you know, uh the chance of somebody uh accidentally saying um you know, house brick, for example, pretty low, really. Um, so, you know, the, the whole maybe good idea to put a bit of background in the whole thinking behind safe words is that for a lot of people, the appeal of uh, kinky activity is kind of doing something a little bit different, doing something that um, uh, they maybe uh, might not normally do. Yeah. So for example, it could be something as simple as four orgasms Um, that's where you basically, whether you're using your fingers or penis or vibrator or dildo or electro or whatever, um, you know, you're basically really making you've you've made them come once and again and again and again, you know. And there's that kind of when you're caught up in the moment, um, you're 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 right there. Yes, it can be very natural to go no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. When really, what you mean is yes, oh yes. <laughs> and you know, you you don't want somebody to go oh no, you don't want me to do that. I'll stop. And they're, mm, no, you bloody carry on. Um, <laughs> you know, basically, you're wanting to uh, minimise the risk of accidentally stopping when you really didn't want them to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's where the concept of safe words came from. That you know it basically gives you the the permission again negotiated consented to agreed in advance you are specifically giving somebody permission to ignore you saying no in the heat of the moment um and instead you know you might agree to for example a system of red amber and green or yellow or, mm-hmm. you know. um so just to kind of like uh, avoid any um vagueness or you know any uh, misunderstanding so you know if you actually want to stop then you would say red under the red amber green system yeah. if you actually want to stop you say red and that basically means stop right the fuck now <laughs> um and you would expect your partner to stop what they're doing yeah. ideally in a safe and controlled fashion um but um yeah so it basically means stop for whatever reason you don't need a reason i want to stop right there, fuck now and yeah the other person goes and they stop um sometimes you might not want to stop but you might need to just kind of you know maybe you've got a bit of a cramp or you just want to change position or uh you need to scratch your nose or something like that um where you don't want to completely come out of the scene you don't want to completely stop but you just need to kind of pause for a moment And that's where you might say yellow or amber, um, which just basically kind of means, hold on a second. And then you would kind of just, you know, you would check in with each other and go, oh, what's, oh, okay. Yeah. So let me me just scratch that for you. And then you carry on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then, you know, what a lot of um, uh, sort of people do during a scene is they just sort of naturally check in with each other anyway, just to make sure everything's okay. In which case you, without sort of coming out of the scene you can just say green and that means yeah i'm absolutely fine you keep doing that keep doing it um and you know green you just carry on um you know you you can work in checking in with somebody into a scene like um you know uh yeah let's say yeah you, know, you could be like oh i'm going to do this go on what are you going to say about it and that gives somebody the opportunity to red amber or green um or um yeah you can know, you, you say uh, like, what do you think of that or
0: mm-hmm. how
1: do you feel yeah. there's a number of ways you can check it in and they all sounded pretty pathetic i do apologize but <laughs> um uh yes yeah there are a number of ways that you can incorporate checking in sort of staying in character during a scene um without sort of completely taking somewhat someone out of it um so when this came up uh Actually, I think it was yesterday when this came up. Um, I did have a couple of interesting comments um which hadn't occurred to me before um and hadn't come up. And this is a perfect example of what I mean when I say that we never stop learning. Um, you know, I've always been perfectly comfortable with red, amber, green. Um uh, but yesterday uh somebody said, Well, actually, um I have red amber, sorry, I have Green, amber, red, black, and I was like, ah oh, oh. okay, black, that's a new one uh, why why would you need three kind of you know, apart from green, and yeah you know, they basically said, well, green is, carry on, Amber is uh, need to pause for a second, um, red is I need t- a few minutes, but we are not done. Um, i just need to to stop but Mm -hmm. i'm ready i'm going to be ready to go in a few minutes just i need a breather black is stop right the fuck now so to that to that person they wanted a differentiation between yellow which sort of in my uh thinking process is just a checking in and quick adjustment kind of thing Mm -hmm. they have found in their personal play and in what works for them they have found that there are occasions where they need to stop maybe for a few minutes but they will be ready to go again um versus needing to stop completely and so for that person to them it made perfect sense to have green amber red black rather than just green amber red Mm -hmm. um and yeah that was a um that was a concept that just hadn't occurred to me it wasn't something i'd come across before um and it was a brilliant example of how we never stop learning we you know we we don't know everything what's right for one person may not be right for another and, and vice versa and somebody else also um commented and said that in their experience um if you're in a a, a a play party, maybe in a, a dungeon or something, mm-hmm. um, and it's a group event, uh, that doesn't mean like group sex. I mean, there's you know, it's a it's like a munch, but with the potential to play. Mm-hmm. Um, in well-run venues uh, and well-run um, events, anybody saying red is basically that means shut it down, uh, shut the scene down, and you know, anybody saying that, chances are. Other people around will kind of watch to make sure that yes, everything does stop and that everybody's okay. This person basically said, you know, actually, there will be times where I might want to stop a scene, but without causing a scene, as it were, um, because yeah, in 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 some venues they are so well run that uh, organizers and other members will kind of stop and what they're doing and make sure that this red is adhered to. And they don't want that attention. They might want to stop, but not have the kind of everybody else's eyes on them. So for them, yeah. uh, they, you know, they said they they wouldn't want to get used to kind of using red in a, in a public environment like that because they don't want the, uh, you know, they, they don't want the pressure of, of everybody suddenly stopping and, and looking at them. Mm-hmm. So, again, for that person, um, a, a variation uh, makes makes perfect sense so yeah yeah it it comes back to what's right for one person may not be right for another and vice versa so the main thing with safe words is um basically do what works for you um a lot of people use red amber green just because everybody knows what red means everybody knows what green means and amber sort of if you didn't already know what that means it's fairly you know it's in the middle um (laughs) So, but basically the key things are if you want to use safe words and somebody doesn't want to allow you to use safe words, then that's a bit of a red flag. But if both people are quite happy to play without safe words, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, long, as long as your wishes are being respected, that's the important thing.
0: I very much agree with that. <laughs> I like using safe words, safe gestures, safe facial expressions. Not yeah. sure that can be one as well i mean it,
1: that yes so there will be times when you can't use safe words so mm-hmm. if you're gagged for example or something else is occupying your mouth perhaps um <laughs> then you you know you, you you might not be able to say red or whatever so in those sort of cases then my personal preference is to either have them click their fingers um, that's sort of a fairly easy to, to understand gesture or um, just kind of like a, a fairly forceful shaking of the head side to side and going mm mm, mm kind of thing, ah. which is, again, kind of, you know, if, if you're doing it sort of in that um, kind of defined and focused way, Mm-hmm. where it's not easily sort of going to be mistaken for just general struggling um and we will say make eye contact at the same time then that can help you know that that can be a good indicator as well um because if, if you're just kind of like getting into it and you're in the zone and you know you're enjoying it then yes you know you you're not going to be making eye contact quite possibly you're going to be sort of eyes rolling back or whatever mm-hmm. but if you can sort of main, make eye contact and quite forcefully make that kind of gesture noise of mm, mm, mm you know then that's usually a pretty good um indicator i know quite often people say oh yeah you know uh hold something in your hand and drop it um yes that can work but um that's not going to work if they're for example tied to a bed mm-hmm. um then, you know, that that's not going to be as obvious. And also holding on to something, you know, you could mid-orgasm accidentally let go quite easily. So per- personally, I think the risk of a false positive there or false negative is a little bit too uh, easy to happen. So I, I go more for the clicking of fingers or a firm, controlled shaking of the head and uh, uh, uh.
0: Okay, there should be no more interruptions. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. No worries. No, no, absolutely fine. I, I, I kind of get the impression you, you didn't expect this to go for quite no. a bit. No,
0: <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I'm really glad it did because I, I'm learning so much, and it's very informative. Um, I'll be honest, well. I do
1: not envy you the task of editing this down.
0: <laughs> don't. I edit these. Um, the easiest way I edit is, like, by the video, so I can see, like, the wavelength, so the – 20 minutes oh yes yeah no audio that's gonna go
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but... that's, that's fairly obvious yes uh, i i mean i'm editing a video from only fans and um we filmed it i'm pretty sure we filmed it last year uh mm-hmm. no we did film it last year mm-hmm. um and it's about an hour of basically anal play um <sighs> and I've sort of I edited the first ten minutes and put that on my OnlyFans, and I've still got the remainder to go, and I still <laughs> haven't had. I've just yeah, ever, things keep coming up, and um, and I just haven't got around to it, and yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, I feel yeah, I, I I don't envy you this. Task. <laughs> well, I haven't uh,
0: August, so maybe if oh, I do that's work, only next 20, month. Twenty minutes. <laughs> 10, 20 minutes
1: um uh yeah so so that was safe words um uh one thing that we 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 almost touched on um and then didn't was uh unless you you want to do it in a little bit was the um uh how do you sort of broach the subject with a new partner and um how do you sort of and also that kind of whole vetting of somebody as well um sort of what questions to ask and stuff I think you wanted to ask so uh let's see personal history in the scene um to be honest I don't really have any because um I've never really sort of until recently haven't really sort of got that involved in the kind of the wider scene so there's Mm -hmm. nothing terribly interesting to talk about there
0: what is your experience or how does your experience differ From you as a dom um related to another uh well sorry not another but to a femdom
1: okay so uh yes basically uh there are you, you you'll normally hear people refer to dominance and dominatrices, dominatrices. um okay can you hear me yes oh ah, okay um right what's gonna be the best way to do that uh uh, okay maybe that's going to work so my basic I was using Bluetooth headphones and they ran out of power
0: <laughs> ah okay okay
1: um so tell you what I'll do is I'll put my microphone uh just a little bit more out of the way and yeah hopefully as long as we don't talk over each other it should be okay
0: mm-hmm. I'll I'll keep my laughter to like a minimum <laughs> <laughs> i know in my past audio i can hear myself cackling in the
1: background i like i like the feedback um okay so yeah as a male dominant um how do i feel that uh, my experiences differ to those of a female dominant or dominatrix um again these are just my sort of personal thoughts and experiences uh their other people's may well vary um but this is just kind of what what, what i've experienced so from what i've seen of uh, and uh, from the dominatrices uh that i've spoken to and what i've sort of um articles i've read and and what i've seen them saying i get the impression that uh female subs um are more realistic Uh, Mm -hmm. and they can be more respectful um what you often see and again that 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 there's there's often a difference between online type stuff and real life stuff um Mm -hmm. people that are involved in real life it is a different kind of experience because it is real you're dealing with real people real situations you're not hiding behind a keyboard Mm -hmm. um so you'll often find that uh how people behave in person is very different how they behave online because there are real consequences um but what i've seen and experienced and seen another and have sort of seen other people experience is that quite often male submissives and there are many male submissives it's not the case that all doms are male and all subs are female mm-hmm. there are just as many female dominants and male submissives but quite often it seems that male subs can be more focused on kind of their own needs and they basically see dominance as kink dispensers it can happen with um female submissives as well but in my personal experience all the um you know and and i so far deal pretty much exclusively with uh women all the women that have Con- contacted me and um you know become a client have been so respectful um their their kind of focus is on uh, um well basically they they they're more focused on pleasing me uh, and making a good impression to me mm-hmm. um than on their own needs um you know they they quite often they like the rules and the order and the structure that can be um part of a a ds experience um and you know sexual activity is frequently much lower down the list Mm -hmm. um i do online stuff as well as in person and the majority of my online clients uh you know they're they're not as focused on the sexual aspects um you know it is a lot of it's kind of life coaching type stuff really you know i've 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 used um ds techniques to kind of get people through degrees and job interviews and their career and so on and so forth so um you know it's like i said ds doesn't have to involve sex um and you know for a lot of people it, it's the same techniques but in a non-sexual way um but male submissives quite often seem to be more focused on their own needs um and what they want and they kind of see a, a dom a dominatrix as kind of a kink dispenser uh they kind of often seem to have the impression that being a sub or serving a dominant means that you know all you, you quite often see them particularly on social media with you know all oh, mistress how can i serve you and their mm-hmm. idea of serving is they think that the, the mistress is going to want to blow them all the time and they're, you know, going to want sex all the time. And, you know, quite often male subs are, are, are disappointed to find out that's not the case. Um, But, you know, that's what they want. So that's what they kind of focus on. Whereas with the the female submissives, I find they are much more focused on my needs and they want to please me um, compared to getting, you know, basically all the orgasms they can um so yeah um i i my personal impression is that um as a male dominant uh people are sort of more focused in on serving me um impressing me um making me happy mm-hmm. um and then you know and they get the that reward you know they've done a good job uh being a service submissive is a thing um and you know and that's they're sort of more focused on giving um than quite often you'll see sort of male submissives they're more focused on what they can get out of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh yeah like I said, that's just my personal experience and what i've seen from sort of other people talking about it um i'm sure others out there will have different experiences.
0: So like each well, don't even feel like like I know each bdsm experience is totally different from the next person,
1: yeah
0: it doesn't awesome. <laughs> so um what was your entryway into kink <laughs>
1: um, completely accidental, um this sounds like such a cliche, uh, well, at least I think it does um, basically i had no idea that kink was even a thing um i was a bit of i was a bit of a late starter um i was brought up in a very uh religious um had a very religious upbringing um and so you know i I was basically the whole no sex before marriage and Mm -hmm. sex is dirty and oh don't touch yourself and all that kind of thing um and so, you know, I, I I was a good Christian child and I didn't, you know, do anything naughty and didn't touch any naughty female <laughs> bits. And, and, you know, and then eventually I, I discovered that the church leaders were at it like bunny rabbits and uh, all the stuff they were telling us not to do. They were doing no end of it, um, at which point I basically went, well, screw you. And um made up for lost time. Um so yeah, I i had no idea. Basically um I
0: I'm uh, sorry, I have to calculate what you're saying. You have to make up for lost time.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> um uh so yeah, so um, you know, what once, once I did start having other sex, um I I just started having I, I was I just had fun with it basically. And um I was just doing what came naturally to me. Uh, And so basically the first um, person I slept with, uh, we'd been, you know, we we were colleagues at work and um, we'd sort of started hanging out and uh, going to the pub and stuff. And, you know, she was clearly into me um, and we'd be down the pub and, you know, eventually the conversation turned around to slightly more interesting topics and i i honestly can't remember sort of how the conversation got around to it but basically i found myself going oh yeah go on then take your bra off <laughs> and she did um and i was like okay um right fine okay um and you know we carried on chatting and stuff and you know her bra is just there by the side of the her chair on the um sofa sort of thing and i was like okay um you know so then i started thinking okay um so you know carried on chatting and flirting and stuff and i was like okay uh go take your panties off and so she got up went to the ladies came back a few minutes later and gives me her warm panties and i'm like okay cool fine um you know and that was great and carried on sort of flirting and so on and so forth and you know this sort of happened a few times and then eventually kind of um things got more physical and you know they just I was just having fun and sort of doing what seemed to come naturally um and then I you know started sort of seeing other people and you know I was I was just doing things like um you know, what? one girl that I saw, um, I had her lie down on the bed and I told her not to move. I said, right, spread your arms out above your head, like, in you know, Y shape, mm-hmm. spread your legs and do not move. And she was like, yes, sir. Um, and, you know, and I was slowly undressing her and unbuttoning her blouse and just taking my time and kind of teasing her and, you know, Every time she looked like she was going to move, I was like, no. And this would carry on. And eventually I had her unbuttoned and, you know, opened her blouse and she's wriggling and she, she's squirming and she's really getting into it. And I'm just like, no. Mm-hmm. And every time I said that, she just kind of melted. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, and I'm, I'm doing her bra and I'm teasing her breasts and her nipples and so on and so forth. And the whole time she's lying there and she's not allowed to move because that just seemed like a fun thing for, to, to do to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, it seemed like a fun thing to do. Um, and, it, you know, just everybody that, that I slept with, you know, I just had fun. Um, and then just one point, I remember a conversation at work with, with a couple of my colleagues and we were talking about sex and, um, you know, I said, okay, that's I don't understand, but like, what is it? I really don't get this. Why do girls, like, you're in bed with them and why on earth are they calling you daddy? Well, you know, what's what's with the whole yes, daddy, yes, sir stuff? Why do they do that? And they, these two guys looked at me and they went, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, you know, when, when you're having sex with someone and she's like, starts calling you daddy. And they're like, Dude, that is not a thing. That does not happen. Look, like, all right, are you telling me n- a girl's never called, never like called you <laughs> sir in bed? <laughs> Look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? You you're talking bollocks. No, girls don't do that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right, fine. Anyway, um, I just carried on doing what I was doing. And uh, basically, long story short, or long story slightly less long. Um, you know, I eventually sort of caught up with the uh, the, the first girl I'd slept with. And it turned out that uh, she was a submissive. And um, she was basically, you know, she, she was like, oh, you know, how are you enjoying being a dom? I'm like, i like, do what now? What to what now? Um, and she, you know, basically explained to me about BDSM and DS. And she said, yeah, you know, how, how, how's it being a dom? You are such a dom. I was like, I... Uh, <laughs> Um what? And you know, so she explained a bit to me and um I was like okay, right. Um and then it kind of made sense, and so I started looking into it and it's like, oh right, yes, okay, now I understand. And so yeah, I just basically, and this is kind of one of the things why my personal opinion is that being dominant is a trait that's kind of inherent to rather than something you learn. I believe you can learn mm-hmm. techniques and skills, and you can learn how to kind of harness that dominant trait. Um, but personally, I don't think you can teach somebody to be dominant if they're not already dominant. Um, anyway, so yeah, it just kind of I started actually sort of researching it, looking into it, reading. I was like, okay. And then, you know, then I started to learn more about some of the safety aspects. Um, which, you know, fortunately, I not, you know, nothing had sort of come up. I I certainly have not tried choking anybody or anything like that. That had never occurred to me. But the bondage kind of stuff just came naturally to me, the discipline, um domination, a lot of these things just kind of came to me naturally. So i think i spent a good 10 years kind of being dominant without actually knowing i was dominant mm-hmm. um so yeah it just kind of uh it just kind of happened i was just doing what came naturally and then eventually sort of somebody went you're a dom I was like, oh you know you're right <laughs> But, yeah, just the whole thing. Of, I just, I will never forget that conversation. Of, Guys, why on earth do women call you daddy in bed? And they're like, no, they don't.
0: I like <laughs> when I, when I listen to your podcast and this was in your first episode, it's like I have I have to ask about this because <laughs> that's from a sub-perspective. It's it's very easy for, like, the words like this daddy and Dom to just, just slip out. And then I'm just like, same thing from – my perspective talking to other people like we don't we don't say that no no nobody I'm just (laughs) weird okay (laughs) I had no idea like even before I knew what like BDSM was like I knew that I was when looking back I had subby tendencies but I didn't know and I like I just think this is normal Mm. not normal
1: yeah and you know I I I don't have a particular opinion on whether it's the case that everybody is either sub or dom or switch. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. potentially um, people could be none of those, and that's you know perfectly fine. But yeah, there, for for some people, there does seem to be just kind of that natural tendency. I'm you know I'm not a psychiatrist or, or anything, so um, I, I'm not going to try and. <laughs> And psychanalyze it, but um, you know, maybe there is a history thing there or something, but anyway, some people just seem to naturally want to call their sexual partner, sir, or daddy, or master, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's what they're comfortable with, and you know, that is fine for them. Um, and for other people, that's just kind of like you, what you are, whack, and you know, (laughs) that's fine for them.
0: Uh, So, oh. I, I want to um ask one question can you explain because we've mentioned it a lot or well, you've mentioned it i I haven't but what is um vanilla what is vanilla like? ah
1: okay so um yeah, I don't know where the term came from but basically vanilla is the kind of accepted term for mm, normal plain that kind of thing like uh I, you know, vanilla ice cream is normal plain.
0: Mm -hmm. standard
1: vanilla ice cream nothing sort of exciting about it um and somewhere along the line vanilla has um come to be the term for plain normal boring sex (laughs) um generally kind of most people consider vanilla to be missionary position guy on top Mm -hmm. um sex um a long time ago the term kinky um was coined uh to differentiate um something that you know kind of wasn't straightforward wasn't kind of straight it was Mm -hmm. there there is i've completely forgotten it i did look this up and there is actually a pretty good explanation of why specifically the term kink came to be used um but uh yeah so basically you've got vanilla sort of straightforward sex which again most people sort of consider to be missionary position um some people consider you know uh doggy to be kinky Mm -hmm. um some people consider girl on top to be kinky um and some people consider doggy to be vanilla as well it's you know everybody has kind of their own uh definitions but yeah basically vanilla is straightforward boring lights out under the duvet sex nothing interesting nothing interesting (laughs) um you know nothing unusual just basically straightforward this is how it is in the textbooks at school sex and then pretty much anything else is not straightforward um so instead of being straight it's kinked and so yeah kinky
0: ah thank you for explaining so I know someone probably had that question from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you uh, know, we talked about your entry into kink, but how early did you recognize that you were a kinky person?
1: Uh, literally not until I kind of was told that I was a dom. I, you know, I, I just thought that was normal. Um, ah, okay. You know, I, I, I'd never been one for sort of watching porn. I mean, the internet didn't exist back then but Mm -hmm. barely, barely existed. Um, you know, there, there was, there certainly weren't the kind of websites and stuff that there are now. Um, so yeah, you know, I had, I had no frame of reference. Um, I'd seen porn magazines, but you know, that was purely girls spreading their legs. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that didn't teach me anything. Um, thankfully. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I, didn't realize that that I was kinky until people told me. Um, And yeah, it just, it just came naturally, really. Um, I feel kind of silly saying it. No, no. do But no, I I just did what I did. And I think that's part of why um, uh, I I, I, kind of, one of the things that comes up is um, to me, uh, BDSM, I, to me it's kind of like a sport um so mm-hmm. you know a lot of people think that um ds or bdsm is only acceptable within a loving committed relationship and for those people that's mm. right for them um absolutely not a problem um but for other people um bdsm is more about it's it's, it's not a you know, it's not like sex where that's only with your partner. It's fun. It's we call it play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we don't say, oh let's let's um, let's go to the dungeon and make love. We say, oh let's go to the dungeon and uh, play for a bit. Um, you know, it, it it is play. It's fun. Um, so, kind of the way I I explain it is to me BDSM is like sport. So some people uh go and play a nice game of mixed doubles down the tennis court um mm. I play a game of mixed doubles down the dungeon um you know it's it's it, it, for me it's a way of relaxing, blowing off steam um not in a not something <laughs> else, anger um just just kind of like you know um having fun uh kind of way so yes. I will go and play with somebody, um, uh, you know, I've, whether it's a client or whatever, uh, or a play or something like that, go and play and have fun. Um, and that's just kind of like the way I've, I've, I've always seen it. Um, so yeah, I, I just kind of, to me, sex has always been about having fun, having a good time. Um, and that's, yeah, just the way it's always been. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very much a proponent of, uh, yeah, having, having a good time, having a laugh. Uh, like I said, I can do the mean, stoic, domly dom kind of thing. But um, <laughs> one of my signature moves is um, back to the fisting, um, being wrist deep in someone's vagina and um, moving my hand. And basically, I'll do a Kermit impression.
0: And, and you'll do a what impression? Kermit. Kermit impression. Okay.
1: Kermit the Frog.
0: I thought you said a COVID impression. Like,
1: <laughs> I no, I, 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 I like I like having a laugh. Um, and yes, if the atmosphere is right, um, uh, you know, and if, in my expert opinion, um, it's you know not going to go down like a lead balloon then yes i have been known to um be be wrist deep in some lovely lady's vagina and basically go oh gee miss, uh no what's it um i'm not oh, i can't do it He's but steady. basically to, to you know sort of manipulate my fist as if you're you're inside a a puppet and basically you know do a kermit impression of uh you know
0: uh,
1: oh. oh oh gee fovy kind of thing um you kind of have to be there, but, um, yeah. <laughs> one time I did it and, you know, I, I, and I, I thought I was being funny. I, I, you know, the first thing that came to mind was, uh, Oh, you, you know, kind of like, Oh, gee, Miss Piggy, that mm-hmm. didn't go down very well. Um, they, they thought that was a personal insult. Um, so I, I, oh. I learned to, um, <laughs> uh, rephrase it to, to, to make bear, uh, but yes, you know, basically pretend I was working a puppet and, um, it, you kind of have to be there it's it's yeah it sounds awful saying it i'd
0: like it can... sitting here doing my my puppet hand and i'm like oh, <laughs> okay <laughs> i need a visual <laughs>
1: um so yeah it, it, it's it's not very easy it's not like you know you don't have a lot of room to operate in there but um yeah you kind of get the idea when you're you're basically you wrist deep inside somebody and um you know it just seem funny to pretend i'm doing a copied impression yeah
0: oh that would crack me up in the in the middle i'm like i'm sorry i have to stop because i have to laugh and then you go that would crack me up i love that
1: but yeah i mean that's not always appropriate and um you know that in some cases that would ruin a scene that would ruin an atmosphere so you know i don't always do it but you know with some people you know you're, you're having a laugh you clearly set a precedent for having fun. Um, and in which case, yeah, you know, I absolutely encourage laughter. Um, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, having fun, laughing at each other, I think, you know, that really just adds to it.
0: All right, my adult listener, I don't even know what to actually call you as a community. If you have suggestions, DM me on Instagram at let's adulting. Right now, you're just adulters. That's what I refer to as my audience. They are the adulters. But I hope you have enjoyed this episode with Sir Dax. Make sure that you check out all five episodes that come out this week on Let's Try Adulting. If you have a question about BDSM and you don't know who else to turn to, and promise Dax, when you find him, is very informative. He's very friendly and he's very approachable. But thank you Dax for coming on this episode of Let's Try Adulting. I've tremendously enjoyed this series and I can't wait until you come back on Let's Try Adulting in just a few months. So make sure that you stay connected and go follow Dax. All of his links and information are down in the show notes. So Dax has also kindly given us a discount code to his store deviancebydax.com and the code is Adulting Podcast. It is also down in the show notes so that you you can just copy and paste it. All right, my friends, have a super fantastic day. And as always, mindset is everything. See you in the next episode.